What do Barack Obama and Mahmoud Ahmadinejad have in common? Here's a hint. It encompasses fashion. Is the Iranian nuclear program easily converted from peaceful to warlike purposes? We'll ask expert Than Hip. And what are you doing to keep Christ and Christmas this year? This is Jerry Johnson Live from Criswell College. Join us as we look at today's news from the Christian worldview for Christ and culture. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That's one small step for man. One giant leap for mankind. December 7th, 1941. A date which will live in infamy. I have a dream. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yes. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. We will not tire, we will not falter, and we will not fail. Welcome to Jerry Johnson Live. For the next hour, this is your place for relevant discussion of topics in the news and in our culture from a Christian perspective. Later in the show, we'll open the toll-free lines for your questions and comments. You may also email us at talk at jerryjohnsonlive.com. Now, here is Penna Dexter. Iran was dangerous. Iran is dangerous. And Iran will be dangerous if they have the knowledge necessary to make a nuclear weapon. That's President Bush reacting to a recent report that came out a couple of weeks ago from the National Intelligence Estimate, which says that uh, Iran stopped its nuclear program in 2003. We're going to discuss this report uh, later in the program with national security expert Van Hip. We're going to ask him why then is the country continuing to enrich uranium? Can that ability to enrich uranium quickly be converted to use in making nuclear weapons? Is Iran still a threat? I am Penna Dexter, sitting in happily for Dr. Johnson, although we do miss him. Uh, he is uh, out for the Christmas holiday, as I know uh, most of you are making plans to do so. And we are going to talk about Christmas today. We're going to give out a Grinch Award. We're going to talk a little bit of presidential politics. Uh, but And we are also going to talk about Iran. And uh, it's a very important issue as we uh, end the one year and begin a new one. And uh, President Bush was speaking about that particular report recently. Also, uh, he said that, um, and, and I'm missing actually my order here, Larry, but uh, let's go back to President Bush and talk about what he said. Just play that one particular bite again because I think it's, it's crucial. Iran was dangerous. Iran is dangerous. And Iran will be dangerous if they have the knowledge necessary to make a nuclear weapon. He's very clear on that, and uh, that's why I wanted to play this again, because there has been a lot of talk about changing our policy with regard to Iran. Various presidential candidates are talking about various policies, and it's important uh, that we do not back off on monitoring Iran's ability to produce nukes. Well, uh, the Congress has been busy this week, and the reason they've been busy uh, is because there are a lot of things that had to get wrapped up year-end. It sort of makes me think that the Republicans, at least lately, do better in the minority because they seem to have stood up 
against some of the plans of the Democrats. President Bush gave reporters a year-end wrap-up. He said the White House and Congress were finally able to work together. I'm pleased that we have been able to end this year on a high note by moving beyond our differences and achieving important results for the American people. He also said that this particular week was a productive week for Congress and the White House. In the past few days, we have stopped a tax increase on the middle class families. We improved our energy security. We delivered relief to struggling homeowners. And we funded our troops. The jury's out on the energy bill. Uh, It's not going to be as expensive as it was going to be at one time. There won't be the huge taxes on oil companies. Uh, There are some incentives for alternative and renewable fuels. Uh, And some partial war funding was finally approved. Also, the patch on the alternative minimum tax, which has to happen at the end of the year, or this tax that was basically developed to hit the rich, top few rich families in the country who were getting by paying no taxes, was going to hit 20 million people. Something permanent needs to be done about the alternative minimum tax. Every year, a patch is passed by Congress to keep it from hitting middle-class families too hard. Uh, This year was going to be tough with Democrats in the majority because they have something called PAYGO. And PAYGO means every time uh, you have a program that costs something, you have to pay for it. And uh, in, in a sense, they were saying that keeping taxes low was actually costing the government something. Not getting your tax money was going to be a cost to government. That's their reasoning. Uh, they had to jettison that idea temporarily to pass this patch uh, because their constituency would have been absolutely furious if uh, – that had hit them uh, in this year as a big, big surprise to many people. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we do want to open up the phones and let you call in and kind of answer the question, what are you uh, doing to keep Christ in Christmas, uh, to keep sort of the secular Christmas from taking over or the atheist Christmas Christmas, uh, from taking over in your home and family? Are you doing anything special? I know that uh, I haven't even had time to really think about that, except for one thing. I'm going to let Larry Williams, our executive producer, and the voice that you hear uh, billboarding this program every day and a lot of our spots, uh, I'm going to let him help our family this year because he's recorded the Christmas story from the Bible along with some music from Handel's Messiah. He's posted it on our website, which is www.jerryjohnsonlive.com. You can listen to this. You can download it to your computer or your iPod. You could play it for your family, which is what I'm going to do on Christmas Eve. That's when we tell the Christmas story, and uh, we have a good time doing that. Instead of uh, my husband and I doing that, we're going to let Larry do that for our family. So, again, the website is jerryjohnsonlive.com. Click on the button that says click here to listen online archives of the show. Is that right, Larry? Okay, and then then they can scroll down and they can find the Christmas story. Click on that description under the title. That's also a way that you can hear some of the programs, and so uh, you might want to do that. Well, there's another piece of news, and uh, it's about a presidential candidate, one that has been on this program many times. He's been uh, gracious to be on the program with us. He actually uh, built his campaign largely on opposition to illegal immigration, Tom Tancredo has dropped out as a Republican candidate. He's announced who he is endorsing. This morning I met with Governor Mitt Romney. And although we are not in agreement on all issues, I am convinced that he is committed to the principles I've outlined. And so today I'm doing two things that I believe are in the best interests of this cause. And that cause is, of course, a secure America. 
I am withdrawing for the race, and I'm endorsing Governor Romney for President of the United States. Throughout the campaign, I've learned a great deal about the candidates. I've certainly been impressed with Governor's Romney, Governor Romney's ability to solve very complex problems, and I believe he is a man of personal uh, integrity and great character. Uh, I think he would bring honor to the Oval Office. So I am happy to do this, this thing in, in two parts today uh, and hope that we will continue the momentum that we have developed uh, over the last year and a half throughout this campaign. Uh, again, it, it is with uh, every ounce of, of uh, in sincerity that I have in my body to, to say to the people who have worked so hard that I love you and I, I believe with all my heart that we have made a difference. All right, uh, that's Tom Tancredo. He pulled out of the presidential race yesterday. He endorsed Mitt Romney. He said that Romney is the Republican with the best chance to win the White House. And, uh, of course, his issue, his signature, was the illegal immigration issue. He's always been uh, very tough on illegal immigration and on a border fence and other ways to curb illegal immigration. And he is a fifth-term congressman from Colorado. He consistently polled at the bottom of the field. And he's dropping out now, two weeks before the Iowa caucuses. He did not want his candidacy to enable an opponent who favored a less stringent approach to immigration to win. And uh, he may be thinking of Mike Huckabee right now because uh, so, he is endorsing Mitt Romney. I'm really not surprised. Romney has a pretty tough plan about immigration. And I think uh, Tancredo is sort of happy that uh, the candidates are talking about this, that some of them have actually moved towards a tougher approach, especially Rudy Giuliani. And Tancredo's appearance in uh, the race may have had something to do with that. Uh, let's go now to Mike Huckabee today, speaking in Davenport, Iowa. He said there is a need for immigration reform. In fact, he's got a tough plan now, even though his record in um, Arkansas wasn't quite so tough. But he says now we really need to have immigration reform that's tough and includes tougher border security. We fix the border by stopping the intrusion of people coming across. It's ridiculous that it's tougher for you to get on an airplane in your hometown than it is for an illegal to get across the border. Ladies and gentlemen, we are also uh, opening the phones for you to talk about how you're going to keep Christ in Christmas this year. Do you have a family tradition uh, where you actually finally get quiet and done with shopping and uh, wrapping and baking and focus on the Lord? I hope you're going to do that. I certainly am. Uh, again, let's go back to Tom Tancredo. He spoke in one of the debates uh, on this uh, issue, the impact of illegal immigration. This was a really good bite. I happen to believe it's one of the most important domestic policy issues we can deal with. It touches so many parts of our life. If you want to talk about education, we certainly can, and the impact of illegal immigration on our schools. If we want to talk about health care, we certainly can, and the impact of illegal immigration on our medical system, with 86 hospitals closing in Southern California in the last few years because of the impact of illegal immigration. That's just in one state. Uh, if you want to talk about prison systems, the, the, the cost of prisons, something like 27% of all the people in federal prisons are criminal aliens. It, and national security issues. How can we talk about national security when you've got porous borders? And then there is the issue of the culture itself, whether or not we are becoming a balkanized society whether or not we are becoming a bilingual society, which is, by the way, I don't think a very good idea. Bilingual nations 
are not a good idea. You know, there's a big difference between politicians and statesmen, uh, and uh, I really want to applaud Tom Tancredo because he is a statesman, and he has things that he believes in strongly. He's weathered criticism from the White House. He's weathered criticism from people in his own party, and he stood strong on an issue that he believes is very important. He's also pro-life uh, to the nth degree, pro-family, and uh, so I think it's he's been a great addition to this field, and it's good that he's leaving uh, because it does have to get narrowed down a little bit now that the Iowa caucuses are almost upon us. Well, ladies and gentlemen, speaking of presidential politics, I hope uh, that uh, all of us will be able to sort of step back and enjoy Christmas. The Iowa caucus, which has got so much publicity and has so much influence on the race, is January 3rd. You barely get time to get done with Christmas, and uh, you've hit the Iowa caucus. And so, uh, you know, I want to talk about on this program a little bit today uh, the holiday Christmas. I want to ask you a question about shopping. But also, what are you doing to keep Christ in Christmas? Can you share with our listeners any particular family traditions that you have? The number is 800-881-9270. But there's also another question that's very important, and that has to do with uh, the mails on your Christmas list. What are you getting them? I think they're harder to buy for uh, than females because their toys are more expensive, and uh, sometimes they don't like getting clothes, and their clothes are expensive anyway. But a tie is sometimes uh, the gift of choice for people. And so uh, are you getting a tie for your mail, your special mail on the Christmas list? You know, uh, if some people who are running for president and other leaders have it their way, ties are sort of going away. And uh, there's a couple of high-profile guys who don't wear ties too often. And one of those is... Democrat candidate Barack Obama. I don't know if you've noticed, but uh, he doesn't wear a tie very often. As a matter of fact, uh, he wears suits without ties. Sometimes he'll wear a shirt without a tie, and he always looks nice, but he very rarely wears a tie. And there's another leader who does the same thing. It's uh, Mahmoud Ahmadinejad, the Iranian leader. He is supposed to be a style leader, and people look to him. Sort of a GQ uh, Muslim, I guess. He doesn't wear ties either. Does this have any significance? Probably not. Uh, But uh, just kind of makes you wonder if ties are going away. I think they're one of the more interesting parts of the male wardrobe. And I would hate not to be able to buy ties for the men on my Christmas list to have them just sit in the closet uh, because it's sort of fun to do. Well, ladies and gentlemen, give us a call. Let's talk about what you're buying the mails on your Christmas list. Any good ideas? Do you think ties are going away? Is that a good thing? And also, what are you doing to keep Christ in Christmas? Stay with us. If you're looking for a college experience that is distinctively Christian, come to Criswell College. Contact us today for information about the upcoming term. Criswell College places a strong emphasis on the Word of God, a Christian worldview, and being an effective witness to a world that needs Jesus Christ. Criswell College is totally committed to the Bible as the authoritative, inspired, and inerrant Word of God to ensure that every student receives a solid biblical and doctrinal foundation. Our worldview approach to ministry prepares every Criswell College student to view each academic discipline through a Christian frame of reference and to engage our culture and the world of ideas from a Christian perspective. Along with this word and worldview emphasis, each Criswell College student gets hands-on ministry training in missions and evangelism to be an effective witness through mission trips at home and abroad. Contact Criswell College today for information about the upcoming term. Call 1-800-899-0012 or on the web go to criswell.edu. That's chriswell.edu.
You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's Penna Dexter. I took on the Clinton political machine in my state and beat it not once, not twice, not three times, but four times. And I'd sure like the opportunity to do it one more time. That's Mike Huckabee, and uh, he's speaking in Davenport, Iowa, and uh, he says he's the only candidate who can beat Hillary Clinton. Of course, his campaign manager agrees with him, Ed Rollins, and Ed Rollins said that he will win Iowa, and he had a lot of other things to say in an interview on CBS News. We may talk about it later, but uh, we are uh, asking the question, a couple of questions. What are you getting the mails on your Christmas list? Are ties going the way of the dinosaur? And uh, we'd like to know what you're doing to keep Christ in Christmas. The number is 800-881-9270. And uh, we'll also talk a little bit more about what Congress did at the end of the year. But uh, let's go now to Fort Worth and talk with Quincy. Quincy, thanks for calling. Hey, thank you for having me on. So uh, what are you doing well, to keep Christ in Christmas? Well, I was saying that uh, basically it's it's very what, what you have to do is be preventative throughout the year where um, you have to be, as a family, worshiping Christ throughout the year and teaching your children. To Not just Christmas. Exactly, exactly, and be thankful in all things, that all things that they have are given to them by God. And I think if you're doing that throughout the year, it's easier to keep Christ in Christmas, but particularly what we do is we, before we open gifts in the morning, we have the children wait, and then we, we sit down and we read the Nativity story together, and then we let them open their presents one at a time, and each one gives their present to their sibling in order to, to show, hey, I'm, I'm serving my sibling, I'm, I'm giving a gift to you, and it's a symbol of, 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 Christ, of God's gift of Christ. Sounds like a good order of things. Do the kids get impatient? Uh, sometimes, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we have, to, we have to keep telling them, be patient. You know, you'll get your chance, and, you know, consider others before yourselves, and, 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 it, and it works. And they, and they have a lot of joy in doing it. Okay, thank you so much for calling. We appreciate it, Quincy, and uh, we are taking your calls again. Uh, the number is 800-881-9270. You probably think I'm crazy for talking about ties. The reason I'm doing it is because I have not finished my Christmas shopping. In fact, I really have a lot left to do. It's been a very busy season, and uh, so I'll be, I'll be out in the malls tomorrow with a lot of other people. I wish that I had planned better, but I haven't. And uh, so I probably won't be getting any ties for my husband, although I just might because I want to just kind of react to this thing of the tie going away. I really like ties. And this is in the Wall Street Journal today. Uh, It says, generally speaking, American politicians are the dullest dressers on the planet. And uh, three or four times a century, though, the journal says, presidential contests have a direct effect on the sartorial life of the nation. And it talks about uh, JFK, and uh, some people blame him for being the high-profile person who actually killed the hat in the male wardrobe. Uh, he did wear a hat at his inauguration, even though he's accused of not doing that, he did. But he didn't wear a hat frequently, and that was sort of the fashion and the style. It was part of the wardrobe along with the suit. Uh, so now the journalist saying the tie is threatened in a similar way right now. Sales of ties are way down. The status of the tie as the sartorial signifier par excellence of business, seriousness, and ceremony is in jeopardy. We all know about business casual in the workplace. Uh, It started in California, but it's pretty much everywhere now. 
And uh, so the necktie is kind of on life support, and Barack Obama isn't helping matters because he doesn't wear ties very often. Uh, what do you think? Is this a good idea or a bad idea? We might have might even uh, like to hear from some males who enjoy wearing ties or who would be very happy if the tie just went away. Uh, but there used to be occasions, uh, the journal says, when people don't want their leaders to look like one of them. In other words, they might not want to wear ties, but they don't want to see people on television asking to be the leader of the free world without a tie, like Barack Obama. He, he breaks tradition in this way, says the journal. He skips the tie at major indoor events, not just outdoor rallies and rock the vote concerts sponsored by MTV. He goes tieless not merely in his shirt sleeves or even with a blazer. He actually carries the open-necked look into a realm it was never meant to go to. Uh, the two-piece dark business suit. Is that a fashion statement? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? And where else do we see it? Well, the journal reminds us where else we see it. Uh, President of Iran, Mahmoud Ahmadinejad, unlike most of his predecessors, seems to have skipped through enough copies of GQ to find the jacket and no-tie look agreeable, because that's where you find it. So we've got uh, in common between these two uh, folks one asking to be the leader of the United States, the other the leader of Iraq, that they don't like to wear ties, and they certainly are making a statement by doing so. The Wall Street Journal wrote an editorial on this today, and I can't pronounce the last name of the guy who wrote it, uh, but uh, he he is... Uh, His name is the pen name for another name, Michael Anton. He is the author of a book called The Suit, A Machiavellian Approach to Men's Style. And he is making a very clear statement about the tie. He says, today in much of the Islamist world, the tie is seen not as merely pro-Western, but anti-Islamic. This may be behind Ahmadinejad's style statements. He says there's no prohibition about the tie in Islamic law, but in a sense it's seen as anti-Islam. Of course, there's certain Islamic dress in certain sects of Islam, but Ahmadinejad doesn't sport any of those. He simply skips the tie. He says there's a a stricture in Islam against men wearing silk, but Muslim dandies can get around that by wearing cashmere or linen ties, and many people do. Uh, we don't know if Ahmadinejad wears shoes with no socks. I haven't really seen any cameras focusing on his ankles. But do we want really want in our president uh, a man with wearing without a tie in public? Or if Barack Obama were elected, would he wear a tie? And uh, nobody's calling in about ties. Folks are calling in on uh, how to keep Christ in Christmas. And that number again is 881-9270. We want to hear from you on both of these things. Uh, The Wall Street Journal goes on to say that uh, the tie is a noble garment, too noble to let it go for light and transient or dark and sinister causes. We shouldn't let the tie go. I agree. I like ties. The good news about this is that Mr. Obama's foray into tielessness does not stem from any deeply held ideology. It's probably just his preference. Uh, When it really counts, he does do the right thing. He will wear a tie once in a while, and uh, he probably will wear it if he's inaugurated president of the United States. Well, that's a lot of fun to talk about, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on ties just to give a little lightness into Christmas Christmas time, since we are thinking about Christmas. But I also want to know how you're keeping Christ uh, in Christmas this year amidst all the hubbub 
and uh, all the shopping and all the cooking and all the family. Let's go back to presidential politics for just a moment, though, because I don't want to miss playing this bite. Uh, This is John Edwards. Uh, A moment ago, we played Mike Huckabee asking for the vote of Republicans in the caucuses in Iowa coming up January 3rd. Uh, John Edwards, basically in third place in Iowa, he used to think Iowa was his. He says that the state's caucus goers will be the first of a groundswell for change. There's going to be a rising that begins right here in Iowa on January 3rd, and it's going to spread across America, and there will be a wave of change that cannot be contained, that cannot be stopped. Ooh, it's a little Howard Deanish sounding, uh, even here before the caucuses. Well, we're going back to the phones to talk about Christmas, and that's really what I want to encourage all of you to do. I have a feeling that the talking heads, the talk shows, aren't going to let us have much of a Christmas holiday because these Iowa caucuses are coming up so quickly. But I uh, do want to focus on it. So let's go back to the phones and talk with Hosea in Dallas. Hi, Hosea. Thank you so much for calling. Yeah, hi. How are you today? Great. What's on your Christmas list? Uh, well, really nothing. I'm going to be going to Myrtle Beach for Christmas. Uh, that's home. Sounds good. No ties on your list? You better believe there are ties on my list. Every time I put on a suit, I put on a tie. And what do you think about the tie going away, that possibility? Is that a good idea or a bad idea? It's a bad idea. I think ties are just part of our culture, and they should be around for a while. As a matter of fact, most most black men that I know who wear do wear ties. So, you know, I, have, I don't think any black man has anything to do with the tie. And I'm not, you know, talking about race. It's just that black men that I know that attend services where I go wear ties. Mm-hmm. And uh, what about uh, your candidate? Who's your? Pr- I, I know you didn't know I was going to ask you this, but would you like to weigh in on who you're supporting right now? Well, I'm going to report uh, whichever Republican win. However, I hope that uh, either Fred Thompson or uh, somebody wins. That you know, I think that uh, really appreciate the fact that we are a Christian nation, and I don't believe in abortions, and I don't believe in homosexuality and things like that, and. And, hey, and I love Jesus Christ. He's my Lord, and uh, he died for my sins, and that's where I intend to live my life. Well, that sounds like a, a really good list of criteria for your candidate, and uh, I hope that you have a very Merry Christmas, actually a blessed Christmas with your family, and thank you so much for calling. Well, thank you, too. Bye-bye. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I want to mention uh, one more time that you can get a hold of uh, Larry Williams' reading of the Christmas story. Of course, Larry's got a great deep voice. You hear him introducing our show every day, and uh, he voices some of our spots. He's our executive producer, actually, here on the program. And he's done something for us for Christmas that I'm going to take advantage of. It's the Christmas story with music behind it from Handel's Messiah. You can listen to it. You can download it by going to www.jerryjohnsonlive.com and then click on uh, click here to the archives it says click here to listen to online online archives of the show. Go ahead and click there, and then you can scroll down to find the Christmas story, and I hope you enjoy it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we mentioned earlier in the program Iran, their nuclear program. A new report, an intelligence report coming out, says that uh, Iran stopped producing nuclear weapons or attempting to get one in 2003. And uh, is there some confusion about that? Do we need to clarify what that report really went, meant? And also the fact that Iran says that they are enriching uranium. You need that for a nuclear weapon. They say they're doing it for peaceful purposes. Could that be quickly turned on a dime into producing a nuke? We're going to ask our friend and national security expert, 
Van Hip right after this. Listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's Penna Dexter. I've told people that if you're interested in avoiding World War III, it seems like you ought to be interested in preventing them from having the knowledge necessary to make a nuclear weapon. You'd think it would be uh, what you'd be interested in doing, and uh, we just uh, have to watch the policy towards Iran. We don't want to see Congress dumbing down our monitoring of Iran's nuclear program because of this National Intelligence Estimate report that came out a couple of weeks ago that said in 2003, Iran quit trying to develop a nuke, but they've been very clear about the fact that they're still enriching uranium, and uh, that is a key ability to be able to do to produce a nuclear weapon. They say it's for peaceful purposes. They've also taken uh, shipment from Russia, and uh, basically Russia this week Uh, And President Bush endorsed this amazingly enough, probably because he saw that it was just being done anyway, that they would that Russia would supply 80 tons of uranium for the nuclear reactor it built for Iran in Bushir, uh, the port city there in Iran. And President Bush, I think he sort of had to turn on a dime to say that's fine, but that means you don't have to enrich uranium. Why are you still doing so. Well, President Bush also said that he hopes he and lawmakers can get more good things done next year, even though it's an election year. I would be very hesitant to support somebody who relied upon opinion polls and focus groups to define a way forward for a president. He also says that Iran remains a danger because it's still working to enrich uranium. That program is still active in spite of the fact that most of the world has said to the Iranians, stop your enrichment. Okay, uh, in one moment, Van Hipp will be joining us to talk about this issue, but let's go back to the phones and talk to James in Arlington. James, you've got an idea about gifts for men. Sure. Uh, I think one of the things to do is is get functional things. For It doesn't always have to be something pretty. Um, one of the things that I got from a dad last year that I think he really liked, I got him a motion detector, uh, for the floodlights by the house, so when he pulls up the light, uh, the lights come on automatically. He doesn't have to stumble in the dark. Uh, things like that, rakes, um, outdoor items, things that they use, um, I've always been glad to get. Um, even things like, like stepping stones. You know, if he walks in the mud to go in the back door every night, um, buy some stuff, you know, some of the, the to get at your, your local home and garden store. Um, some of the things like that. Um, a wow, great guy, ideas. You could get um, a technology guy, you could get like a universal remote. Um, you know, to replace the five remotes you have sitting on the coffee table. Um, and if you don't know what kind to get, go get one that learns. You can I think that would program. please the wife, too. I get tired of looking at all those remotes hanging around. Yeah, they're, they're really convenient, and they're not that expensive. Uh, you know, $20, $30, you can get one that you can program for. Uh, it actually learns, you know, any remotes uh, code, so there's no worries about will it work with his, his particular ones. Um, so things like that, um, and even things like yard lighting, um, a planter's box, um, something like that. Um, I think those are, are great. Um, as far as ties go, um, you might consider getting, if you're going to get a tie, get a, a matched tie and a shirt that goes with it. Um, okay. Because okay. a lot of guys, you, you know, you want to have something that matches, and you get them the tie, and it's this pretty purple color, but they it's don't got really nothing have to go with it. with it. Yeah. 
Oh, thank you so much. Very practical answer. You've given us all a lot of help, and we appreciate your call, James. Thanks. With us now uh, is Van Hip. He's our national security go-to guy. And Van, uh, we've been talking about, I don't know if you saw this piece in the Wall Street Journal about ties today, but uh, it really compares Barack Obama to Mahmoud Ahmadinejad and the idea that neither of them really enjoys wearing ties, and they kind of make a, spa- a fashion statement about wearing suits without ties. So before we get to the heavy-duty stuff, what do you think about that? Well, you know, I would agree with you, but unfortunately I've seen some guys on, the, on, the, on, on our side of the fence also campaigning without ties as well. But uh, the thing I would uh, say they, they have more similarity uh, in is neither one has a real understanding of foreign policy. Hmm. Very interesting. Well, we've been wanting to ask you, ever since this national intelligence estimate came out, that says that in 2003 Iran quit their nuclear weapons program. First of all, is that really what it says? No, it's not really what it says. And the one thing that it does not address is uh, is what we call Project, or what they call Project 111. And that is the program to literally tinker with the nose cone of the Shahab missile, which is the premier missile there in Iran, uh, to tinker with that so that it could accommodate a nuclear warhead. So uh, we've, uh, I've said all along it is that it is that uh, missile technology that Iran has today that they've been really co-developing, if you will, with North Korea uh, that, that poses the greatest threat to the Western world. That, that combination of, of Iran working with North Korea, being able to tinker with that missile so that it can accommodate a nuclear warhead or even a biological warhead. And so... Uh, but i got to tell you something good I, that we just found out today. I'd love to hear it. Radio Farda, which is the U.S.-based Farsi-speaking uh, radio station. And Farsi, of course, is, um, is a lot of people don't understand that in Iran they don't speak Arabic, they speak Farsi. But we have, we, the Voice of America in, in, in the United States, has a U.S.-based uh, radio station called Radio Farda. According to A.C. Nielsen, it is the number one most listened to radio really? station in Iran. That is powerful. That is powerful. What does that say about the way we deal with Iran? Because we're looking at a country who's enriching uranium, and uh, I'll ask you about the technical side of that in a moment. But uh, we're looking at a country who came to our Maryland summit on Israel, and I guess that was some kind of a goodwill, uh, I don't know, move on their part. But what about Iran? Are we going to have to deal with them diplomatically, as some are suggesting, or is this going to end up being a problem uh, where we go to the people and foment a revolution, or are we going to have to do something militarily? There? I think hopefully we can. It, it would be a combination of, of of dealing with it diplomatically and and and, and, and including the people. And the reason I say that is based on what we're seeing right now. That the number one radio station that the people listen to is a U.S. based radio station. And it's driving the Amenita John government nuts. I'll bet. They will not let A.C. Nielsen in country to conduct a, a survey. They're having to conduct these surveys from out of country, calling in to the people there to take the survey. So that's, uh, that's pretty strong. But secondly, when you look at the fact that they've got uh, unemployment uh, of, of, of around 20% and inflation approaching 90%, they've got some serious problems economically on the home front. And I think that's why Ahmadinejad and his government has done, have, has done some of the things that he's done because they realize all the problems they have there at home, he's trying to get his people, uh, their, their minds and their attention off of that. And that's why I think he's embarked on this kind of a nationalistic crusade, if you will. Okay. Uh, Mike Huckabee, a speech, 
and also an article in Foreign Affairs magazine with some of his ideas on uh, international politics and how to handle it. Everybody's been criticizing him because it shows that he's sort of naive about many things, and he really majored on the diplomacy side of dealing with Iran. I want you to listen to Condoleezza Rice, our Secretary of State, and her response to these comments. The idea that somehow this is a go-it-alone policy is just simply ludicrous. And one would only have to be um, not observing the facts, let me say that, uh, to say that this is now a go-it-alone foreign policy. We're working with allies in Asia on North Korea. We're working with allies in uh, Europe, Russia, and China on Iran. We're, uh, the alliance is mobilized together in um, Afghanistan. We had 50-plus countries at Annapolis to launch the um, the peace process between Israelis and Palestinians. We're working together with uh, allies in Lebanon. Uh, I can go on and on and on and on. And so um, I would just say to people, look at the facts. Condoleezza Rice, pretty uh, optimistic and positive there. Uh, Van Hipp is with us. He's a national security expert. And Van, uh, what about Mike Huckabee's, did you read the article or hear some of the news reports? Do you think he is naive? Yeah, you know, I saw what he said, and, and, and I will say one aspect of what he said I agree with. And I'm a conservative hawk if there ever was one. But we made mistakes big time early on, and Mike Huckabee is right about that. When we put someone like Paul Bremer in there, to head up the the whole reconstruction effort and the whole uh, coalition provisional authority, as as opposed, I mean, we were given a gift when we had General Abizaid, a Lebanese American, Arab speaking American. Why we didn't have him out front and center, speaking to the people there in Arabic, telling them what we're doing, why we're doing, when we're doing it, it would have had a tremendous impact. Kind of like J- Douglas MacArthur in Japan. Well, what should we do now with this, all the success of the surge in Iraq? Yep. I mean, Iran yep. is sort of next on the radar, isn't yep. it? Yep. So what should we do? Uh, with, with Iran, I think that uh, it, it, we need to do anything that we can, pour kerosene on the fire, whatever it takes, to cause further uh, 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 instability uh, with that regime. I think, I think when I look at these A.C. Nielsen ratings out today on uh, Radio Florida, when I look at the uh, uh, the, uh, the inflation rate there, the unemployment rate there, uh, I think we need to do everything we can to further encourage instability there, and hopefully that regime could fall from within. Because okay. the people there are, are different than people in other parts of the Middle East. Van, let me ask one more technical question, because it's so fun to talk to you about uh, technology, and that is this enrichment of uranium. Is that something to be nervous about? Is there a successful in that area, even though it's for peaceful purposes? Yeah, because it's a fine line between a peaceful purpose and a uh, and an aggressive purpose, and, and how it can be used. So that's why you got to watch these folks like a hawk. And and it's uh, uh, and when you look at some of the things that uh, uh, don't don't forget, just a few months ago, all the shenanigans going on in Syria and uh, 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 things they were they were trying to do in Lebanon, and you had Iranian engineers on the ground putting that whole thing together. So these guys do not have clean hands. Van Hip, thank you so much for joining us today. Have an absolutely wonderful Christmas, and we'll talk to you next year. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we are going to continue to talk about Christmas. You can also weigh in on your presidential choices. Uh, You can talk about Iran for this final segment. All things are on the table, but we still want to hear what you plan to do to keep Christ in Christmas. And uh, if you've got any more Christmas gift ideas, I am desperate. 800-881-9270. 
If you're looking for a college experience that is distinctively Christian, come to Criswell College. Contact us today for information about the upcoming term. Criswell College places a strong emphasis on the Word of God, a Christian worldview, and being an effective witness to a world that needs Jesus Christ. Criswell College is totally committed to the Bible as the authoritative, inspired, and inerrant Word of God to ensure that every student receives a solid biblical and doctrinal foundation. Our worldview approach to ministry prepares every Criswell College student to view each academic discipline through a Christian frame of reference and to engage our culture and the world of ideas from a Christian perspective. Along with this word and worldview emphasis, each Criswell College student gets hands-on ministry training in missions and evangelism to be an effective witness through mission trips at home and abroad. Contact Criswell College today for information about the upcoming term. Call 1-800-899-0012 or on the web go to criswell.edu. That's chriswell.edu. You nauseate me, Mr. Grinch, with a nauseous super nos. You're a crooked jerky chucky, and you drive a crooked hoss, Mr. Grinch. Your soul is an appalling dump heap overflowing with the most disgraceful assortment of rubbish imaginable, mangled up in tangled up knots. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It's one of our final opportunities to give out the Grinch Award in 2007 on Jerry Johnson Live, and I get to do it today. And uh, this award goes to Barbara Walters and her whole team on ABC's The View. We're a little late in giving this award because this uh, actually happened more than a week ago, but I don't watch The View, so I had to wait to read an article about it. But Barbara Walters, uh, co-host of ABC's The View, spent much of a program a week ago yesterday grumbling about receiving a Christmas card from President and uh, Mrs. Bush that included a Bible verse, and uh, she thought it was just uh, terrible that this was in uh, the Christmas card. Here's the quote from Barbara Walters. First of all, let me show you the cover of the White House, which is nice and bland, so that's pleasant enough. This is what interested me, that it's a religious card. Horrors. Uh, Usually in the past I've received a Christmas card, and it's been happy holidays and so on. And uh, this is the scripture verse that irritated Barbara Walters. You alone are the Lord. You made the heavens, even the highest heavens, and all their starry host, the earth and all that is on it, the seas and all that is in them. You gave life to everything, and the multitudes of heaven worship you. That's on the uh, Christmas card from George and Laura Bush uh, out to the folks that received those cards. And uh, Barbara Walters was astonished, according to Gary Bauer, uh, that on a religious holiday, which literally means Holy Day, someone would want to send a religious greeting card. Uh, This complaint may seem absurd uh, to you because you probably get a lot of Christian cards, as I do, but to liberal elites like Walters, Christmas shouldn't have anything to do with anything so divisive as Christ's birth. And uh, this is sort of out there, I think, uh, when you are a Christian and Christ is your Savior, to think that someone would be this upset about a scriptural Christmas card. But Barbara Walters thinks that this celebration should be all-inclusive and sort of a time when we all kind of have a kumbaya moment. Well, I'm taking your calls on Christmas. Let's go to Barnest in Rockwell. He's got a comment on ties. Hi, Barnest. Uh, how you doing? The name's Ernest, though. Thank uh, you. Uh, 
I wear ties. I'm a I'm a local businessman, and I uh, but I do wear at times dress tees with a suit. But I'm almost always in a suit. But there are often many occasions that I want to have the full uh, long sleeve shirt with the collar and the tie. I don't know that I don't want to get them for Christmas because I'm very particular about my uh, appearance and about my uh, suits and my clothes. So You like to pick your I, own ties. I would prefer to pick my own ties and make the matching shirt like the guy said earlier because uh, I don't wear the, the standard black. I wear you know all different colored suits, but they're all conservative looking. Well, it sounds but, like uh, you're not a boring dresser at all. No, I, I would not think I'm a boring dresser. I would hope not anyway. But but being being that we're in Texas, there are days uh, in July and August that I prefer to wear the dress tee with the suit because I'd, I'd just be uh, burning up with the tie on. Well, that's great. But, uh, At least you don't want the tie to go away completely, oh, no. and I think that's Absolutely what we're, we're a little Absolutely worried about not. here. No. All right. Well, thank you for calling, Ernest. Let's go now to James in DeSoto. Hi, James. What are you doing to keep Christ in Christmas? Well, let me just say, one of the things that I'm doing is that when people come to me and say happy holidays, I always turn that around to say no Merry Christmas. And another thing I'm doing, the last, I've had three opportunities here lately where people have invited me to Christmas parties or Christmas events uh, at the department because I work for the county. And I would just tell them that I don't celebrate pagan and heathen holidays such as that. I mean, which holiday are we going to separate? I mean, uh, worship. And, and, And then I also say that I don't attend. So generally... In, in those three opportunities, they change the name back to Christmas. So I think we Christians try to appease uh, 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 overly sensitive to, to the Christmas uh, celebration, and, and other people are not. And we're the ones, the Christians, we're the ones that are changing the name, because those are the people I'm appealing to. And when they find out that somebody is upset about it, hey, James. they change it right back. Thanks for calling. Uh, you know, I think the atheists come out at Christmas, and uh, earlier I recorded a little commentary on that. Let's listen. It's almost Christmas, and as happens around every Christian holiday, the atheists get a little noisier than usual. Not content with mere political correctness, they want the right not to be offended by the Christmas cheer that most of us enjoy. It's not enough that public schools almost universally substitute the term winter for Christmas, as in winter concert and winter break, or that grinchy public officials and retailers won't identify the holiday being celebrated in their publicity and advertising. They want you to come to the holiday parade or purchase a family tree. What's a family tree? There are also the manger police who worry that taxpayers may be funding a piece of ground where every December the coming of Christ as a baby is depicted. It's not just Christmas that offends atheists. This year we get to live through another attempt by atheist Michael Newdow to strip God from the Pledge of Allegiance. On December 4th, Just as I was beginning to think about putting up a Christmas tree, Newdow was back in federal court. This time, he's also demanding, under God, be removed from our national motto. The case is in the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, the same court that affirmed Newdow's challenge to the pledge in 2002. Hopefully, the Supreme Court will again refuse to go along. Of course, in Hollywood, New Line Pictures is cooperating with the outright promotion of atheism to kids. I guess the good news is the atheistic movie, The Golden Compass, isn't doing all that well at the box office. And I doubt atheist Christopher Hitchens' new book, God is Not Great, is on your Christmas list. But several books by atheists have been recent bestsellers. Richard Dawkins, author of The God Delusion, calls faith a mental illness and raises the question as to whether or not parents should, quote, be free to impose their beliefs on their children, end quotes. 
Another atheist, Sam Harris, wrote The End of Faith, in which he says belief in Christianity is like belief in slavery. Like slavery, he would like to see religion abolished. Congress tried to come to the rescue. An Iowa congressman introduced a resolution last week recognizing the importance of Christmas. It backfired. Eighteen members of Congress could not bring themselves to vote for it. Nine opposed it outright. Nine voted present. Never mind that earlier this year, no members voted against resolutions affirming the Muslim holiday Ramadan and the Hindus Diwali. There was once a Christian consensus in this country that walled off the influence of atheism on the culture. In his recent speech on faith, presidential candidate Mitt Romney lamented the secularization of America, saying, Freedom requires religion, just as religion requires freedom. He's a Mormon. How much more should Christians be the defenders of faith and culture? And by the way, Merry Christmas. I'm Penna Dexter. And I'm Penna Dexter, and I want to wish you all a very Merry Christmas, a blessed Christmas, a warm and happy Christmas with those you love. I want to thank you for being part of Jerry Johnson Live this year, and we encourage you to stay with us next year. It's going to be a very important year for our nation. Have a great weekend, and again, a blessed Christmas. been listening to Jerry Johnson Live, a Christian worldview radio show. Join Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications, Monday through Friday at 5 p.m. for an hour of relevant discussion of news and culture from a Christian perspective.